Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the Motormouth Podcast with myself, Harry Benjamin, and Tim Sylvie, where in each show we sit down with a figure from the world of motorsports and dive into how exactly they ended up where they are now. F1 champions, team principals, Formula E and touring car stars. If there's anyone with a story to tell, they'll usually tell it right here. Motormouth is an app and website where you can catch up with all the latest F1 gossip at motormouth.club and view live timings across a race weekend with our app. We're also proud to be partnered with the Brain Tumor Charity, helping to raise awareness and help find a cure through events like our annual karting race, where you can go head-to-head against professional drivers, all to raise vital funds. For more info, check out motormouthkartrace.com. This podcast is brought to you by F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality and travel program of Formula One. F1 Experiences is the closest you can get to the pinnacle of motorsport. And let's face it, any chance to get close to Formula One, we're all over it. Enjoy the very best race tickets and track hospitality, first class hotels and unprecedented access you simply cannot get anywhere else. For more information on how you can book your F1 experience, visit f1experiences.com where you can also save 5% on your very own F1 Experiences package by using the code MM11F1E when checking out online. So, what are you waiting for? Experience the 2022 F1 season firsthand with exclusive access courtesy of F1 Experiences. Get booking today at F1Experiences.com. Hello, Tim Sylvie here. Now, today, before we crack on, um, I'd like to do a quick acknowledgement to our listeners. We've got over 100,000 of you now, and our next milestone will be 150 episodes, which is frankly insane. So, thank you to everyone that's taken the time out of their day to listen to us over the last 18 months or so. Please keep the love coming, subscribe, share, and review us. It really makes a difference and means we can keep on bringing you the great and good from the motorsport community. So today's guest hails from Romford. And did you know, Harry, that Romford once staged a cheetah race event? Well, it tried. In 1937, the local authorities had the legendary idea to import the big cats from Kenya and race them at the Greyhound track. It never took off because they couldn't get the cheetahs to chase the rag and stick flying past them. Clearly smarter than your average Greyhound. (laughs) But Harry, I have a Romford-related quiz question for you. Okay. Which former Arsenal and England footballer, this is an easy one, was known as the Romford Pelé? Why is that an easy one? That everyone knows the answer to this. Well, obviously, I'm the only one that doesn't. Yeah. 
I'm not good with my football. Okay, do you, wanna... it's, you know what's even worse is I actually have like I'm you know I was born in I was born in Leytonstone, mm. which is just around the corner from Romford. Yeah. So you know it's it's shocking really. Loads of footballers live around there. Was it someone who played for Arsenal by any chance as well? Yeah. Is it I don't know like a, the right? Hang on, give me a chance. The Romford Pele. Um, I want to say Sol Campbell, oh. but I don't think that's right. It, Ten points for effort there. You you okay. worked out that it was an Arsenal player. Do you want one more guess yeah. or do you want me to Because they all live around that way. Every, yeah. Literally all the Arsenal players live around there. Similar so era. I don't know. Might even be the same era, actually. What the... Um, oh, that's the only era of football I kind of half know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, the Romford Pele. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know. It's Ray Parler. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. Absolute legend. No, yeah. Wouldn't have got that. Footballer turned... Sorry, quite, Ray. Quite a funny commentator. Um, anyway, how are you? All right? Any news? Uh, I've moved. Yes. Um, I'm, I've flown the nest, finally, and I've got my first flat, which I'm very excited about. Um, I've moved south of the river. Oh, really? In London. Where are you? Know, you? As you know that. Greenwich. Well, yes, oh. Greenwich. I'll keep it, I'll keep it uh, fairly uh, generic, <laughs> just in case. Uh, no. Stalker's out there. Tim, come on. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I've, I've literally, I'm, I've been useless with um, with everything at the moment because I'm living amongst boxes and, and moving in across the, it's just been the Jubilee bank holiday in the yes. UK, which is completely not me for six. Four days off should not be allowed no. at all because oh, really? literally I don't know where I am or who I am come the Monday afterwards. And when you're moving as well, it's an absolute nightmare. So I'm, I'm nearly up and running. But I am in my kitchen at the moment because the studio is still being constructed well, by I, me. I like it. Um, it's a so lo- yes. lovely colour with cabinets, by the way. Um, Thank you. Anyway, enough of our ramblings. Uh, shall I introduce today's guest? I think so. Let's get on with it. Today, we're joined by Tom McCluskey, or Tom OF1, as he's known to his fans. He's become one of the most popular Formula One YouTubers on the planet with... 300,000 subscribers to his channel and growing rapidly. We're looking forward to hearing about his life, career, thoughts and opinions. Tomo, welcome to the Motormouth podcast. It's good to be here, boys. It's been a long time coming, this it one. It um, really has. And also, I wanted to ask you, Harry, have you tried the new Lizzie line yet? Because you're south of the river now. No, um, I haven't. That goes through there, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it does, but I need to find... It, it, I need to find... A, I, the, my nearest station is not does not have it, so I need to find an excuse to go on it or just have a ride on it just for fun and see what it's like. I've heard I, great things. I had my first go on it yesterday, and it was, it was oh, yeah? pretty... Well, Liverpool Street, you've got to walk well far though it's like oh, a proper really? long walk to actually get so it, I, I do wonder if it's actually quicker to just jump on a central line if you're going from like Liverpool Street to Tottenham Court Road but whatever it, it, it smelled fresh you know when something smells yeah. new mm. it's got that kind of like bleach smell to it it did kind of yummy does it have air conditioning it's all about the aircon. it does it does oh, it does have air that's what which was nice yesterday because it because it was boiling yesterday yeah. I was sweating my nut off to be honest but yeah <laughs> but it's, it's lovely to be on <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, great talking about Lizzie Lyons. So while we were just talking about off air, you know, you and, and you've been moving here, there and everywhere. Where are you at the moment then? Where are you joining us from? Well, yeah, so we've, um, me and me and my soon-to-be wife, she Woo! won't be my wife when this podcast comes out, but um, it's it's close. It's a couple of days after the Canadian Grand Prix we get married. Uh, wow. We've bought a place and we're living in Chelmsford, which in... Essex and it's kind of like we've we've uh, gone between Romford like London like we lived in Hackney lived in Walthamstow for a bit and then Chelmsford we kind of over lockdown we kind of rubber banded to and from um I've moved so many times I'm just I'm just so happy to just have somewhere I've got my own little kind of studio space that's still kind of got a long way to go my sim rigs behind me still yeah. not put together um everything's still a bit of a mess but I mean, home ownership's a very different thing to like living in a nice flat 
where, you know, everything's kind of taken care of for you. But it's nice to be settled. And, and Chelsea's a lovely place to live. Like, it's got a good high street. It's easy to get into London, like a half an hour to Liverpool Street. I'm happy. I'm happy, boys. No, oh, it's good to Proper hear. adult now. Yeah. I know, right? It's weird. That's I'm almost grand. 30. I'll be 30 next year, which, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not quite ready for that, but there you go. Oh. Or accept it, you know? Well, Harry's the baby in the room still. It's still 25? 25, yeah. Showbiz age 21, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that will maintain that for a few more years. Um, but yeah, no, 25. And you're, and you're one of the tallest people I've ever met, Harry. <laughs> yes. Uh, you are well. such a huge person. <laughs> I like in his, uh, on his Twitter, <laughs> is it on your Twitter? It says something like uh, taller than you think in person. It's, uh, it's like, yeah. yeah, I put that, I put taller in person in like my mm. bio just because I every, literally since sort of meeting, you know, I've met a lot of new people in the last couple of years, but it's all been, you meet them initially through like Zoom because that's the yeah. day and age we're in now. And no one, you can't get a sense for how tall nope. or, or not tall somebody is. So literally every time I then met somebody in person, they go, oh, oh, you're, you're much taller than I thought. Much yep, yep, here we well, go. For and the, then after a while. For those listening and that haven't heard me um, go on about Harry's height before, what are you, six foot five? And, yep. and the, the thing that really that's, makes me chuckle every much, time though. is that he's, he's got size 16 feet, which is just outrageous. 16? <laughs> Do you, if you go like skiing, do you even need to bother with the, the hiring? You can just get some I don't need the skis. I, don't, I just need my boots and then I'm good to go, really. Um, the wow, boot, I had to buy incredible. some boots some years ago because I, I did go skiing fairly regularly, but it was... Oh, that yeah. must be a pain if you're buying kind of shoes, like genuinely. Like, yeah, it used be to be. Nightmare. I remember being 16 years old and having size 16 feet. They haven't wow. grown since then. And... Um, uh, it was back then. It was a nightmare because you just yeah. couldn't. You, they, they didn't exist. Now it's a lot. The only shoe company that did relatively good ones was Converse, but because they're all because they're kind of long and narrow, they look a bit like yeah. when they're that big. They look a bit like clown shoes, yeah. and they're not supportive at all. So then now, thankfully, uh, the world has listened, and there's a few more options out there. But it's still a nightmare. You've got you got to buy them from America or whatever. Are so. you a really fast swimmer? Uh, I mean, I can. I dabble. I can be. I can be fast. I think- if you chat, you know, like Michael Phelps is like freakishly built for yeah. swimming. Mm. I think, you know, he's got like, so he's got really long arms and I think he's got like, yeah, he, his proportions are perfect for that kind of. So maybe, maybe there is a skill that you've not even like dabbled in before that you've actually, you're proportionally built perfect. I should probably mm. do a bit more basketball, really. That's always the one that everyone that's says. True. I should probably do a bit more basketball. Anyway, but that's enough about me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming to my podcast. Uh, <laughs> Now, first of all, actually, I want to clarify. In uh, obviously, on your brand is Tomo, right? Correct. But are you in 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 this context in everyday life? Are you Tomo? Are you Tom? What do you prefer? Um, I mean, I go by so so Tomo comes um, actually comes from university. So it, it's interesting. I, I've got like so growing up, my my parents and my kind of aunts and uncles and, and my kind of older family would always call me Thomas. And even now, if my mum doesn't call me like. If she doesn't call me Thomas, I find that really weird. Um, but then all of my like home friends and most people know me as Tom. But then when I went to university, basically the, the group that I was in, everyone moved in on either a Saturday or a Sunday. And I moved in on the Sunday and there was another Tom who moved in on the Saturday. So he kind of dibs the name Tom. And I went to Bournemouth and all these lot were from like Cornwall. So I was really exotic and Essex to mm-hmm. them. So they just decided to, I, I just... I know they just decided to start calling me Tomo and I'd never gone by that before. And then that was just kind of my name at university to my university friends. And then, yeah, when I obviously the YouTube thing kind of kicked off, well, my, my, you know, my 
past in doing football content, I used to be Sporting Tomo. That was kind of my, that Sporting Lisbon, mm-hmm. that was kind of the idea with that that brand, to use the word Tomo, because it's a bit more ownable than Tom, I suppose. So um, that's the story of Tomo, where that comes oh. from. Well, you, you you did start in other sports, and football was was your, your I guess, your first Correct. YouTube um exploration so when did it turn from football to racing when did formula one come on the radar um well so i guess it was a combination of factors so when i went away to university that was the time so i was there from 2011 to 2015 and that was the kind of time where i'd kind of fallen away from f1 a bit um and my focus was more on football and then when i came back from uni i had a season ticket at west ham and just go over there a lot and that was kind of front and centre. And then, obviously, we had our stadium move to the fishbowl that is the London Stadium. And I'll, I'll be honest, like, it kind of, it, it was a multitude of factors. There was, it, it, I don't know if you know, but there was a lot of issues with the ownership at the time as well. There were a lot of protests. You had the fans running on the, there was some fan who ran on and put the corner flag in the middle of the pitch. And, yeah. There was like 10,000 people screaming and shit. Like I was there for all these horrible games and it was really toxic at the time. And things are amazing right now in terms of results at the club. And uh, there's still a lot of kind of resentment there and in terms of the ownership. And I, and I, I just kind of lost that when we moved away from Upton Park. I, you know, I, I lost that same connection, I think, to the club that I used to have. And I'd always been into, you know, I did motorsport engineering at college. I thought I wanted to be a, you know, pit crew that was my plan you know when I was like 16 17 and um yeah I just kind of started I'd always been obviously keeping an eye on the F1 and I think like 2016 17 I really started to get back into it again and then it came to the point where actually I was like I mean there's so many factors that I mean I guess this is a podcast so I can I've got time to get into it but there's so many different things that had to come together and decisions that I made that because there was one stage where I'd given up on the channel completely. And if it wasn't for my first video that really kicked off and me checking my emails and just happening to see a spike in views, I probably never would have come back to it. Mm. Um, there are so many factors that, you know, I, I was essentially either, either football or design or F1. I had kind of three channels almost, like, and I wasn't sure what to do. And it was only because my first video, F1 video, really started to kick off my Rich Energy Red Bull one. If it wasn't for that, I, I probably would never have carried on with it and it would have just been some dead channel and, you know, Aldas would have been bigger than me. Which mm-hmm. Can't have that. Would have been a damn shame. Can't have that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, go on, Tim. I was just going to say, what, what is it about that video that spiked? Because, you know, we're, we're terrible. We're crap with our um, YouTube. At some point, we'll, we'll get, get our heads into it properly. But we've done a few videos, nothing on your level, but we put bits and pieces on there. And one or two of the videos have, have just for no apparent reason, just mm. just taken off. And, and not to your numbers, but for us, it was, you mm. know, like Harry did one on, um, was it KMAG, that, mm. that got like 10,000 views in, in a very, very short space of time. And we only mm. have like two or 300 subscribers because we just don't use YouTube. So for us, that was like, what the hell? What's going on with that? When we're, you know, usually we release something and it'll get a few hundred views because, you know, again, we mm. don't do it. But there was no sort of rhyme or reason to it. it how do you work out what works? Yeah, because, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's easy to look at my channel now and, and the numbers I've got now, but it was the same for me at the time. You know, I think that video, you know, it I, I it wasn't even, like my idea of this video spiking was that it had gotten 
a thousand views uh, and where everything else was in like two digit numbers, you know, that was as relatively, that was a huge, I mean, I, I uploaded football stuff for, you know, what I, my first ever YouTube upload was in 2015 and it was um, rocket league. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then I got into football. That, that was the first kind of like directly uploading it from a PlayStation. Um, but I'd uploaded, yeah, for like three, four years and, uh, I mean, I'd gotten like 400 subscribers on my channel. So that, that I, I, I was well-versed in terms of YouTube, but I still didn't really like, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, it's difficult now because, because I feel like I understand the platform so much now because I love YouTube, but like, I don't just, when I'm not making YouTube videos, I'm watching YouTube. Like I, I love it. Like I've, I've always been super. And I, I think that's why I found it quite easy to, to, to network and connect with other creators because I'm always watching their stuff. And yeah, I, I, I think it's hard now to look at where that moment was, but I guess for that, for that video specifically, I don't know. I, I guess at the time that was the rich energy conversation was relevant um, because they were still in the sport and there was so much mystery around it and it was something a bit different. I mean, like the production value was absolute cack. Like looking back at it now, maybe I should remake that one. But I, I mean, it depends if I mean, there's you know, the bad Santa's always talking about potentially coming back, any it? but it's all just it's all just marketing, we're just feeding into yeah. his algorithm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I still don't know, like, again, exactly the same with, with your guys' video, like, it just kind of took off out of nowhere. I do actually have, have a theory which I think makes the most sense, which is that Josh Revel, the you know, Kiwi creator who's is getting a bit far away from me now. Me and him were pretty close on subscribers for a while, but he's picked up some momentum. He's flying. And um, we both kind of grew at a very similar time. And he did his 1,000 subscriber Q&A, in which he got some rich energy. And that seemed, to, the dates seemed to coincide with that video. My video had already been out for like a few months. Mm. And then he released that. And then like within, like from that date, the video, the view started to go up. So something about that must have caught the algorithm and then fed that. So honestly, like, really, well, that that's nothing but blind luck, to be honest. I mean, mm. you, you've got, because loads of people make great videos, right? You, you can make a great yeah. video. It, get, making a great video is fine. Getting people to watch it, that's the real challenge. That's the real skill. Getting people to click through onto it and actually watch it through. And that's where, you know, it was blind luck that that started to get recommended to people, but also it was a good enough video to hold people and, get those views up, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a challenge, boys. It's it, a challenge. Uh, it, it really is a challenge, isn't it? You say the word, algorithm is such a key word. And one of my, uh, I, I can't, I've struggled to, to understand YouTube. Maybe it's because, oddly enough, I don't I, I don't watch a lot of it. I watch, yeah. I watch motorsport content, but, or if I need to figure out how to do something and I need a how-to video, <laughs> I watch that. But I'm, I'm, I'm an old school. Well, I, I watch, I watch the television, even though my mates, you know, watch YouTube as their TV, which I, I, I just can't quite understand. I don't know why that is. But one of my, uh, I know coincidentally a lot of YouTubers, obviously yourself, but one of my uh, friends is a guy called Max Fosh, who is 
um, massive on YouTube. He's and uh, absolutely when, killing it at the minute. He is. And when I met him, he, he hadn't done it. That hadn't really took off. He had a couple of mm. viral hits and his main hits were standing outside nightclubs interviewing people when they were drunk. Um, and he was, yeah, he was desperately yeah. trying to like, you know, and he, he got on Lad Bible and stuff like that and he was trying to improve. And, I, and then suddenly now he's getting, you know, a million hits on a video and wow. he, he's mm. rocketing. He's doing these bizarre um, uh, videos. In fact, he did a F1 one where he flew out to Miami to meet the one of yep. the creators of YouTube. Um, and what you know, what an amazing idea for a start. So he's got the ideas, but he was saying to me, I was like, what is it? Like, how do you how do you do it? And he's like, it's not just about, as you say, the the actual content of the video or the quality. It's about posting it at the right time, but also all these things that you don't think about, like having a really good thumbnail that's mm-hmm. gonna like catch people's eye and like sit well. And people, you know, I've re- he's like, I've redesigned thumbnails from ages ago and suddenly you know, I've got spikes and views from old yep. videos. And I'm like, there's so much to think about, isn't there, as a YouTube yeah. content creator, that you wouldn't necessarily actually think straight away, I'll just, I'll just make a video, talk to a camera and post it on there. Why is it not doing so well? There's so much around it that feeds the beast in a way. Do you, do you feel it's a bit of a beast that you have to maintain? or, or For sure, for sure. I, I, I think as well with different creators. So I'm, I'm very grateful, actually, that I've got my channel to a stage where I can upload once a week and I, I can spend a good amount of time because, you know, I, I do everything myself. I do all my edits. I do all my thumbnails. I do. I'm, I'm completely kind of self-managing um, in terms of my stuff. And I did, I did briefly actually have, a, have an editor help me out. But to be honest, like my, where my background um, is graphic design and, you know, I'm very... I, I, for me to get an edit, I need someone who's better than me um, and can take my stuff further rather than someone who just kind of, because I'm just too, uh, yeah, it's my baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I want to I take, I, I want it to be in, because that, that's the beauty of this job is that, you know, I've got that freedom and I don't feel that I'm too, because I know with, with some guys like who, who upload, you know, every day, for example, like that is, because, uh, and the thing is once the, as my understanding anyway, is that once you kind of um, condition, not just the audience to expect daily uploads, but you, you condition the algorithm to expect daily uploads. Mm-hmm. When you don't do that, it really hits yeah, you. Yeah, it falls and, off a cliff. That's, that's yeah. like, um, there's people like Shmi and um, Sam, oh, Sam through glasses yeah, yeah. had on the show. He, I mean, Shmi produces videos, I think pretty much every day and has done for years. Yeah. And he's got a huge audience. But like you say, the moment you stop, you're in trouble, but it, but it's also a it's a brutal world, isn't it? I saw um, the other day on Twitter there was um, an F1 content creator. I can't remember who it was. I'll have to have another look back. Who who does these great thumbnails? Really good video, gets loads and loads of views. And then there's this other channel which almost copies his thumbnail, copies his titles, just rewords them. And I know re- what you and mean. Reset, and, yep. and, and he's getting great traction because he's just ripping off this guy's content. And they, and yep. they, they've publicly had this sort of spat, like. He's at it again, but what do you mm. do? I mean, it's it's a it's a dog eat dog world, isn't it? I've noticed a few of these channels um, p- cropping up. Actually, they're um, incredibly clickbaity titles. Mm. Like, you know, it'd be like a picture of Lewis Hamilton, and like Lewis hates Max, and it'd be like in quotation marks. And it's and, and then you click on the video, and I try not to click on these. I try and like whenever I see them because because I know what they're that they're, they're they're bots, and you can tell it, it's it's. Um, because yeah, they're so sophisticated now. You can upload a script and, and get a, a voiceover done automatically through a bot, and it sounds pretty legit. And it's just shit. Yeah. Like like that. They just it's it's such 
terrible, like it's not all it's going for. But but and these videos are getting like six-figure views yeah, because yeah. they've got a really compelling title and a really compelling thumbnail. And, and look, that's that's prime clickbait. And, and there's always that kind of balance of, you know, you've got to people say about and I I don't think I, I get too much criticism in terms of clickbait but there is a there's a balancing act right you have to effectively mark you've spent all this time on a video the thumbnail and the title is the marketing that's what's going to get people into the door and you have to package it in such a way that you know people want to see it and are interested and are compelled but not in such a way that you're misleading and showcasing something so, so that's why a lot of time you'll be like asking a question um and not necessarily giving an answer and, and i try and kind of keep the conversation quite open with with my stuff I, I i'm i'm not too keen to be like telling people what to think or what, or what to to say but yeah i mean that is that is the balancing act of of, of youtube and and you know sometimes you have to kind of the dark arts are a bit necessary to uh to get people through the door because uh, it's, it's one of them isn't it because because so many other channels are are doing it and clickbaiting so aggressively, it is kind of a competition because there's only so many impressions. Like if you go on your YouTube homepage, like there's only so many videos it can show up. And yeah. if you want to make a job of this and be successful, then you have to make sure that you're on the homepages because that's how you convert mm-hmm. most of your views. Yeah, of course. And 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 actually one of your, in fact, I think it's your most popular video is the Lando Norris one. And that, But this is, this is two years ago. So I forgive the title. Mm-hmm. Is Lando Norris another rich pay driver? Which is at, at that point in time, pre F one. Well, is it pre F one? When did he join F one? It was his uh, yeah first year. His first wait. His first season was twenty nineteen, wasn't it? Okay, so he was already in. Yeah. So so, yeah. At, but at that point, he was relatively unproven. Um, but my um, my point with that is, where do you stand on um, Lando Norris now? I mean, I would assume you don't think he's just another pay driver. Oh, of course not. No. But and again, that is the because you know with that video, for example, like within the first minute, I outlined the fact that there has been a there had been a conversation because I, I I am aware and I've heard of you know how the amount of track time Lando would get and you know compared to certain other drivers and the opportunities that he would get because yeah. of his you know because of his his because his dad's <laughs> exactly like his dad is minted and 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 that's the thing it's it's one of them that you know it, it's a it's a conversation that I'd seen taking place and I was like, okay, that's interesting. So let's actually dive into this a bit deeper. Mm. And, and the outcome is that yes, Lando was afforded opportunities that lots of other young drivers wouldn't be afforded because of the, you know, his dad's a multimillionaire. Um, but also he, like many drivers, like Michael Schumacher, well, he got paid for that Jordan seat by Mercedes. Like, you know, he actually took that opportunity and he's showcasing now that he's firmly there on merit. Doesn't mean he didn't get privilege and opportunity that other drivers didn't get, though. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an important, and I think that's an adult conversation to have. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So so for something like that, to be honest, I, I, there have been other videos. Um, there's been videos that I've actually, what was my most successful video um, was one that I did super early. And it was, what was it even about? It was... I think it was about Latifi and it was just kind of a, it was a breakdown of like who he is, like where he, where he, where he's come from, yeah. where his money's come from and, and all that's in terms of the Safina support and all that. Yes. And that was one of those videos where actually like I, I did, I did private it because I was just like, actually I just felt I was a bit mean for no reason. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, really? like yeah. And, and that was one where I, 
it, it, it was it was my most viewed video and I wasn't proud of it. Right. And I was just like, I actually, yeah, this yeah. is a bit rubbish. And, and it was, funny enough, my, it was the one video on my entire channel where my face is never in it. Yeah, it gets the most views. <laughs> what, what did that hell, say? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That's tell really? you is it that bad? Get that face <laughs> off my screen. A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsor, F1 Experiences. F1 Experiences offer a wide range of packages that come direct from Formula One, giving you a unique experience of the pinnacle of motorsports. Official ticket packages come with the very best race tickets, first-class hotels and transfers, and unprecedented access, including track tours, pit lane walk, VIP hospitality and loads more. It really is the closest you can get to Formula One. And Motormouth listeners can save 5% on your next F1 Experiences package by using the code MM11F1E when booking online at F1Experiences.com. But Nicky Latifi is a funny runner. I mean, we had we had him on the show recently, and uh, both Harry and I commented immediately after we stop pressing record of what a, what a lovely, lovely young chap what a nice guy like a seriously <laughs> seriously nice bloke and i've actually met his dad um i've had a meeting with his dad and obviously there's the safina connection and his mum and dad are very independently wealthy and to this stage we'd like to thank our sponsors safina for bringing you this podcast <laughs> that's a really good idea why haven't you got some of their that? food product here. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but thoroughly nice family and um and and yes he is there because of his money but equally you've still got to be a bloody good racing driver to but, set foot oh, in, in an f so car we still See, finished second in f2 didn't he yeah. like yeah but on like the fourth time i tried but uh <laughs> but the thing is though, the thing is thing is thing is automatically no wonder that video's done so well and and will continue i imagine to pick up pieces because you're hitting all the right turns and targets and that's such a, a already it's getting my blood boiling because I want to have an argument that every driver is a pay driver in some form or another. You don't get yeah. to Formula 1 without yeah. money. But automatically Absolutely. that sparks uh, an argument and a debate which is exactly what you want for a video, isn't it? You want to, to get people popping off in the comments and, and talking about. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Talking about it and watching it and, and discussing it and sharing it. Um, so, you know, A star for that one. But I, so you're, I imagine you're full-time YouTube now, right? Correct, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, for, for about a year and a half, I'd say. Well, firstly, congratulations. Yeah, That's amazing. Mega. Secondly, what's the... What's the plan? Is there a plan? You know, do you keep do you keep going on, or, or do you want do you, you want to use it to leverage opportunities in in other areas in motorsport or completely completely different areas? It, where do you see it going? Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been one to just broadly in life, um, you know, 
I think it's it's good to an extent to have plans and goals, but I do also think that too many people get maybe bogged down in in you know following a certain path and and not just I've always been one to kind of go with the flow and you know the channel taking off in the first place was a prime example of that. Again, there was so many so many factors that you know the the fact that you know we went into lockdown and I got furloughed from my job and then I was able to focus on the channel full time and then ride some momentum and build that up. So, you know, I, I'm not one to think too far into the future. I, I think obviously you know, since the, that subscriber number became like six figures, the opportunities have kind of started to step up now, um, which is cool. But I'm not, you know, also, I feel like yeah, I'm 29 now. I have, you know, I've, I've got a family. I want to kind of, it, it's all it's all balancing acts. You know, it, it, it would be very different if I was sat here, you know, as a single 21-year-old with no, like I'd be going to races, I'd be jumping on every opportunity. But I think <clears throat> with, with, with where I am in my life now, like I'm just happy to carry on riding the wave. I am confident that, you know, there's other things I want to do in terms of like, I've always wanted to do like a clothing line. And, and I don't think of that so much as merchandise as, as, as a standalone kind of what, um, like, um, what's his name? Uh, there's, uh, one of the side lot who does no two ways, which is like a shoe brand. There's the, I, I think oh, a lot yeah. more like YouTube merch, I think it's better to sell it as as a standalone brand that isn't relying on being a fan. Like I'm not going to be selling t-shirts with Tomo on it. I no, like it would be a separate brand and entity, but that would tie in with my audience. Like I'd love to do that. That's something I've I've had designs in the works for like literally years for that, and it's just about the right time. I, I think you know, I'm very you know, there's a lot going on at the minute. Like I said before, you know, we've just moving and and getting married, so I, I'm not too. I've, I've, yeah, I've never been too concerned with like rigidly setting goals. And honestly, I, yeah, I, I just kind of, I, I back myself to to do what I feel is right at the time. But also I've never, I've I've tr- I started up a little business when I was at uni. I've, I've never been afraid to try stuff, mm. which I think is a super like, some a value I'm very grateful for having because I know so many people that like, they, and it's been nice because I know like a few people, uh, few, one of my best mates, Sam, you know, he started a podcast because he was like, he's all, something he's always wanted to do. And then seeing my success and my own kind of, you know, encouraged him to do something himself and actually execute on an idea. Because yeah. um, I think that's that's the key thing. Like you've, you've, mm. got, to, you've got to give something a go and, and I'm prepared to try stuff. And if it cocks up, well, so what? Gonna... I mean, it's, if it cocks up, it doesn't matter. But I think that's a that's a very non learning. It's, it? it's learning, but it's a very un-British attitude that because I think it, people in the UK uh, we're a pessimistic bunch, and we are, and people get envious very quickly. And it's oh my 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 two year old daughter's just strolled in. You wanna do you want the podcast? Uh, ah, yeah, Tomo F1. You don't know? Hello. No? And don't forget to like and subscribe. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every, every viewer helps. <laughs> well, that's up. Um, but it's it's this country is very pessimistic about t- those sort of opportunities. And I think people get very envious about people who who try and and they like to see people fail, which is is funny. I've talked about this before, but in the States, it's so different. If you try really? and fail, or if you try and go bankrupt, it's like a badge of honor. It's like well done, good, mm. good for you for for sticking your neck out and and giving something a go even though you failed. And, and like you say, you learn from your your failures. But but as you've grown, the opportunities have come about, and it must be nice to get these opportunities. I mean, we saw you in Miami, and um, you know, 
incredible experience that was. We had you come to one of our our parties with um, one of the brands that I work with, Hilton. Paris Hilton on well, the decks. It was, Harry, this no. is the, it was the most random evening. So, so, <laughs> so weird. But this it? is a sign of of of, um, of Tom's growth because we. I said to to Hilton, who I was working with out there um, on behalf of Right Formula, to say um, they were like, you know, what influencers can we bring? I went Tom F one. They were like, yes, we want him at our party. You know, they knew who he was and they wanted him there. And we had this party and we had Paris Hilton on the decks. We had Serena Williams there. Uh, Jenny Gow was there interviewing Daniel Ricciardo. And was Serena? I didn't even see yeah. Serena. Serena was, she was there? there. Mad. Yeah, yeah. Mad. Um, it, absolutely <laughs> insane. But these opportunities must be a lot of fun to to exploit. Yeah, like like to be honest, I, I kind of you know it, it's one of them where I, I do feel a bit. Um, I, I feel a bit of a because I've never like had opportunities like that before and and been to that any kind of nice fancy like, I'm just I'm just a guy from Romford who makes videos in his bedroom about F1 like that there is that kind of um yeah that that's going to take some kind of getting used to but yeah it's it's cool it kind of validates you know that what I'm doing is and I I'm under no illusion that you know I I've got people who support me and I wouldn't be here without the people who support me and I've got people who don't like what I'm doing and that's fine like, everyone's got an opinion on on everyone you know, everyone's got an opinion on the F1 drivers, the commentators, the media, the YouTubers who talk about it all. And, you know, I, I just think that I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for those opportunities. Um, you know, at the same time, I'm not kind of, <clears throat> you know, it, for example, like going to races, like I, I'm up for going to races, but I'm not like, I've been to Silverstone, I've been to Miami, like there's a few races in Europe I'd like to go to, but you know, for me, it's it's all about, you know, I love making, I love the sport. I love watching the sport and consuming the sport. And I love kind of making videos and because I, I love just talking about it, having a conversation. I, I think maybe, you know, growing up, I didn't really have any, none of my mates were, were really big into F1 and, and motorsport as a kid. That was kind of my, always my, <clears throat> always my own little kind of thing on the side. Like, you, you know, when people say, oh, yeah, my uncle or my aunt or my dad or my or whatever got me into F1 as a kid. Like, no, none of my family were remotely interested in motorsport. This was always my, which, which and again, the fact that I kind of, I studied motorsport engineering at college, ended up going down a design route because I knew that wasn't for me. But I kind of come full circle. And I'm like, yeah, I, I was always, that. that's what tells me that I know that this is something I absolutely love. And like, my love of the sport. Cause you know, some people talk about how, you know, when you turn a hobby into a, a job, you don't enjoy it as much. Yeah. I love it more than ever, man. Cause there's just, mm. there's clearly just something in me that just absolutely adores motorsport. And again, not just F1, you know, I did a bloody indie 500 watch along at McLaren. Like that was sick. Like I've got, I've been to the MTC like twice now and I was doing a live stream on there. Like it's sick. It, it, it's like, it's cool to get these opportunities and I'm just, yeah, it, I'm, I'm just grateful but also, I guess as well, once you actually get into these, you sit, meet these people and go to these parties, you just realise that, yeah, every, we're all just people. Yeah. Like, everyone's just doing their thing. And, like, no one's really that special. Like, we've all got, you know, that little thing. Like, these drivers have got these this little thing that just makes them stand out. In 99% of other aspects of their life, they're just normal people, but they've just got this one thing. And, and for me, I've got my YouTube channel, but otherwise, I'm just a normal guy. And I, I, and I never want to come across as anything other than that because you know that's what I'm I've got myself to a position now where because you know I, I could chase the money I could chase the bag and I could earn a lot more that, than I'm earning now by taking all these opportunities and I'm just like 
no, I'd rather have the freedom and flexibility and just, you know, do what I love doing, which is just talking about the sport. And I, and I see no reason why that should end anytime soon. I mean, I'm yeah. still just about in my 20s and who knows how long I can carry on doing this for. But I mean, uh, it's, it's you know, a... Brundle's pretty old, so... <laughs> <laughs> you have such a, a good outlook yeah. on it, actually. And it's actually nice to hear because I, I think I was similar. I didn't have any motorsport family or any, anybody interested in it. So, and then oh, I didn't even like sport that, that much. That's when, when I knew I was like, if I'm into motorsport, you're really into it. And then it yeah, does yeah. become a little bit all-consuming, all doesn't it? Um, Formula One today, though, let's talk about that. And you obviously watch a lot of Formula One. What have you made of uh, the season so far? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, in, in terms of <clears throat> how it's, how it's done relative to my expectations, I think it's been pretty much on my expectations. I, I, I think, obviously, all the talk of these cars being able to pass more, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I think we have, we've, we've seen that slightly. and we, We've had these moments where they have been able to follow and we've seen battles we wouldn't have typically seen in the past. But, but all in all, I'd, I'd say it's kind of met expectations and I expected kind of Ferrari to be up there in the fight. Um, with Red Bull, I don't think anyone expected Mercedes to be as far off, off as they have been, even now, to be honest. Like, yes, Mercedes have kind of turned a corner and moved forward, but they're still, compared to the Mercedes, we we know, and, and, and so many fans, so, so many fans, like, only know Mercedes as, as being the team succeeding at the top. Mm. And, you know, I can I can easily remember a time when that when that wasn't the case, but... It's, you know, when you got so used to what eight constructors titles on the bounce, like um, that's been probably the biggest surprise. Um, and it's a shame to see kind of Williams still at the back. Um, I, I'm kind of a bit disappointed there. Um, but all in all, yeah, I, I'd say it's met my expectations because um, I think with so much, like I'm sure we'll talk about like drive to survive at some point as well. Like so many of these things, it's about what are you expecting versus what you actually see. Mm. And, and I think I've always tried to keep my expectations quite measured, um, you know, not being too swayed by that recency bias and all that. Because, you know, I think last year was a fantastic Formula 1 season. Like 2021 and 2020 was, was really good as well, all, all things considered. Um, but, yeah, I mean, also I know about the dull seasons. I've been there through the boring, easy domination ones. And I'm enjoying it, boys. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And it, it, you're right, it is a shame to see Williams still at the back because it sort of felt like they were making progress and it's not really ticking. It's it's a real yeah. pity. And I know you're a, you're an Albon fan, I know this, but question for you, if you were a team boss and you could have your pick of the drivers, the current crop or previous, who would be your two drivers? Oh, wait. So when you say current crop or previous, do you mean like... You, any generation. Any generation. You go back as far as you want. Ah, oh, okay. Um, I'd definitely have Jim Clark then. Oh. Uh, oh. I, I, I definitely, yeah. I, I think that's such a, it's such a tragedy his career was cut so short um, because I think he would have been way more successful um, and he was already incredibly successful. So I think, I think, I think Jimmy Clark's one of those that, you know, pivotal, you know, drivers that, he was the first. Yeah, obviously you've got you know Fangio. You know we'd always talk about Clark as being the 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 next best thing. So I think I think Jimmy Clark doesn't get the, you know, it's hard to say because obviously yeah he was racing in the bloody fifties and sixties. So yeah, uh, you can't really give the eye test. But um, I think Jim Clark, and then I would say probably okay someone more recent. 
in, honestly, like in, just in terms of, yeah, if, if I wanted to maximise performance, I would go for Clark and Hamilton, like Prime Hamilton, um, which, I mean, who, what is Prime Hamilton? Who knows? <laughs> Hard to say, 2019 maybe? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I don't think... It, I mean, we asked that question a couple of times before. I don't think anybody's come up with Jim Clark. So that's a, a unique answer and, and very, uh, like very good one as well. well. It's, it's like that uh, sort of Mike Hawthorne type, you know, the, the, those those drivers who, mm, who were yeah. absolute legends back in the day, but people don't really talk about it anymore. Um, mm. There's some brilliant documentaries about Hawthorne, incidentally. Uh, he was a fantastic driver. Uh, but no, solid, solid choices. And the Hamilton thing is interesting because he's obviously getting... He's, it's a difficult one. George Russell is a fantastic driver, but how much of it is George Russell being a fantastic driver and just outperforming Lewis? And how much of it is about Lewis just hasn't quite got to grips with his car yet? And when he does, is he going to overtake George Russell? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think when we actually look at the performances, the race pace, the qualifying pace, there's been very, very little in it. I, I think George has been... Lewis has been more unlucky for sure in terms of, you know, you look at the safety cars and, and George profiting from that in kind of Miami. And and I, I, I don't think there's much in it. And, and it was always going to be, it was always going to be difficult to rate how George would do, right? Because he'd only raced against Latifi. And, and in the same way, you know, it's always going to be difficult to really, you know, rate Latifi because he'd only raced against George. And, yeah, of course, George and Kubica as well, but obviously the, the Robert that came back, unfortunately, yeah. um, was never going to be... Because Prime... I mean, I think if Kubica doesn't have that accident, he's probably got a world championship. Oh, and if BMW don't bottle it as well, as well, they're pulling out resources, which yeah. is yeah. absolutely gutting. Um, and, and, yeah, look, I, I just think that George is, George is fantastic. Like, you look at his junior career and you look at, you know, how many points he dunked on the top of Lando Norris in F2 and you look at how Lando's doing at the minute as well. Like, these are... These are incredibly talented drivers. And I think the gaps between, you know, in terms of the actual pace gaps between your Leclerc's, Verstappen's, Hamilton's, Norris, Russell, I think you can add to that conversation now for sure, um, is is marginal. It is very, very marginal in terms of pace. Um, you know, experience. Now, George has got a good amount of experience. He knows what it's like to... This is the thing as well. He knows what it's like to, to struggle with a team and have to, you know, work with the team to... to when the going gets tough and, and push, and don't get me wrong, like Lewis has had bad cars in his career, but I, I think that, you know, I, I, I I'm, I'm reluctant because I just think George is that good. You know, what I mean, I, 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 I always suspected it, but I could never say for sure. But I think now it's, it's proven just how good Georgie boy is, and he's picking up that, that, um, taking that baton for sure. And and Lewis is passing it on, but I, I still think there's more to come from Lewis this season, one hundred percent, no question. Who's taking the title? you know what? It's hard to look past. I really want it to be Leclerc. Um, I'd love Charles Leclerc to win and I'd love Ferrari to be on top again, but Verstappen, man. Verstappen's the best driver in F1 at the minute, I think. And if Red Bull can get on top of the slight unreliability issues, they've got a bit of a, was it a glass cannon at the minute? And if they can get on top of that, I think, I think, I think it's probably going to be, if I had to put money on it today, on the 8th of June, 2022, that I'm putting that money on for Stappen. But I hope Leclerc wins. I'm putting money on Perez. Dark yeah. horse. 
I've got, I, I, if you could, <laughs> put a pound on that, you'd make a lot of money. I mean, how cool would that be? Jos Verstappen is obviously a little bit nervous about it because he's kicking up a stink about oh, you he's know, his, his boy. Not he got a bit tilted, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. And, you, but you don't want to mess with Jos Verstappen. He's an absolute mentalist. Like He'll, he'll have you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard some stories about it. You know what? I, I think actually my video later today is talking about, all about Sergio Perez because at Baku, he loves Baku. Like, he does. A fantastic yes. record at Baku. What, two P3s, a win. Um, I think he got a P6 and then a DNF. There's been what? Yeah, that's the four races that he's... So, it, yeah, him and Vettel have one yeah. of the best records around there. Vettel's finished yeah. in the top four in every single race. Exactly. And, and so I, I think that, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I still think, you know, over the course of the season, Max is, is going to have the legs for sure. It's it's nice for Sergio that I think that, you know, with these cars where they aren't as pointy, um, and again, Max isn't carrying that car confidence and car knowledge, mm. um, that Sergio is able to give a more, um, a more, a more accurate and reflective account of himself as a driver relative to Max, because I don't think he's as good as Max. No, not at all. But, like Sergio Perez is still an incredible yeah. racing driver. Let's not get it twisted. This yeah. is what I love about Formula One, though, right? It's not just about the on track. It's it's the stories and, and the arcs. It's great. Yeah. Like Sergio Perez, what two years ago was was being shown the door, yeah. and then that the win in Bahrain, and then suddenly now he's at Red Bull and he's winning in Monaco. Like it's just what a story. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't get that in many yeah, other he sports. He just stepped up massively, didn't he? As well, like as soon it's like as soon as that announcement came, he's he just switched on the afterburners and just absolutely carved it up for the rest of that season. I mean, you have got to say like. 2020, you know, driver of the year probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like up there for sh- easy for sure up there. No, yeah. no question. Although, you know, Daniel Ricciardo was also up there and we know how things fell off. It's so interesting. And now it? he's on the brink of being shown oh. the door, apparently. Listen, you, that's the thing. They both had an incredible, this is two years ago. This is not, yeah. even, not even two years ago. They both have these incredible seasons and it's, and they're both like the same age pretty much. Yet their trajectories have just gone in totally different directions. And it's crazy how quickly things can change. It's mental. It feels like the writing's slightly on the wall for Daniel, unfortunately, but we'll see where he ends up. But Sergio, I agree, absolute class driver. And and quick, but also barely puts a mark on his tyres. I mean, he's the tyre He's whisperer. always had that. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, mm. you, you mentioned Drive to Survive. Let's touch on it. Um, like it or loathe it? Are you, are you a fan of the show? I like it. I, I think it's good. I, honestly, like... Again, one of those things, I think a lot of the complaints, right? So say, for example, I go downstairs, switch on the telly, put on question time or, well, not not question time because Seb's on it, but um, <laughs> one without Seb on it. And I'm like, oh, is that a good example? Okay, I put on like, I don't know, Wacker Grove or some old kids TV show, like right? Cool. And I'm like, well, I, I'm not enjoying this. But it's, like, it's not for me. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not, I, I think the, the problem that, a lot of people have with Drive to Survive is that they're evaluating it based on, you know, it being for them. But I think Drive to Survive is first and foremost catered to showcasing F1. It's almost like a tutorial in a way, mm. in, in some ways. You, you, that's why you get all the Will Buxton memes about, oh, <laughs> if you've crossed the finish line first, you win the race. Like, <laughs> it, it's trying to package what is a very complicated and nuanced sport in a way that it makes it accessible to new people coming in. And it also gives a little bit of extra insight because they do get insight that, yeah. you know, the other cameras don't get, um, which I find super interesting. Like, you see the behind-the-scenes stuff. But I think any fan will find, like, you know, the Fox Smash door memes. Like, that wouldn't be... They're great memes that wouldn't exist without Drive to Survive or Valerie Bites' ass. Like, we don't get to see these things 
Um, you know, as much as I'd love to have the poster on my wall, I don't. Um, and, and it's, I, I just think, yeah, it, it, it's a, it's great at what it does. I think it achieves what it does really well. I know people complain about the, oh, the edited and putting, but I, I don't, like, it's I'm not looking show. for a season, I'm not looking for a season review. Like, if I was looking for a season review, and accurate, then I would criticise that. But what it's doing, like, it, I don't think it's being inherently dishonest. I just think it's using the, the edit to, you know, more, more like, like dial up with the message so it's, it's as clear as possible to the target audience. And I don't have a problem with that. Like, like people complain about, oh, they put, you know, Lando saying one thing over a clip of him doing something else. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's not what... The show's meant to be. I yeah. think it's, yeah. it's to bring in new fans, which is done into the sport. And, and uh, you know, I've got so many mates now who, before I was yeah. the only one in my kind of friendship group who even kind of cared about Formula One. Now, you know, yeah. a lot, especially a lot of my girl mates, are so yeah. invested now. Yeah, they don't watch every race, but they know a hell of a lot more than they would ever have done before yeah. watching uh, Drive to Survive. So, as far as I'm concerned, that's job done. And, and I think, yes, if you're a diehard F1 fan, maybe it's not you know, the program for you because you're going to know that, well, why are, they, why are they sort of making this kind of rivalry between Norris and Verstappen? It's not really there when you see it on the track. But, you know, there's a, there is a rivalry between all the drivers and it's there yeah, to, as I say, create a show and bring, and bring an audience in, which, you look at the numbers... It's done that. It's done that. And, and, it, and more. Well, from a, from a commercial standpoint, it's been amazing. And it's, it's opened up the States. It's opened up North America to, to Formula One. And, you know, it's no coincidence that we, we now have two, nearly three um, races in, in the United States. It's, it's been a, a phenomenon. Um, now, listen, Tom, we've, um, we've kept you for, for almost long enough now. We're quickly running out of time. But we do have a final three uh, questions which we're going to fire your way. They're brought to us by our friends at F1 Experiences. Harry, do you want to kick off this week? Yes, Tomo, what has got you excited at the moment? In F1. In Love whatever me. aspect of life <clears throat> you choose. Um, marriage. Marriage. You know, I, mean, I mean, that's, that's the <laughs> default answer, isn't it? It has to be, it has to be getting Ooh. married. Um, yeah, obviously, in, in real life, it's guy, I'm going to be at the Canadian Grand Prix. Um, Is it an F1-themed wedding? Or, uh, uh, I mean... <laughs> Come down uh, the aisle going, yeah. yeah, I've got a... I've got a checkered suit. It's all black and white. Yes. And, uh, yeah, because well, you know, I, I, was it, is it a Tom, Tom Bellingham from from WTF One? I think got married, and he had like an old F One car he show did. up and wow. get pictures with it. He did. No, I'm not quite going. I mean, we get married in the mountains, so I don't think oh, I'm going to, be able to get the car up onto the uh, no. up onto the, to get the <laughs> snow chains on. Um, yeah, in, yeah. Canadian Grand Prix is going to be fun. And then two days later, I'm getting married. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, in F1, Yuki Tsunoda's got to be excited at the minute because I think he's doing a really good job this year, actually. Yes. I think he's kind of going under the radar. He is going I under agree. the radar. Yeah, isn't he? He's sort of quietly getting on with business. Um, good answer. Number two, how much of your success is down to luck and right place, right time? And how much do you put down to other things? Uh, I would say, I think it's I think it's a 50-50. I really do. I, I, I think... I know it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but you need you you need to you need to make stuff that people want to watch first and foremost. Like that's ultimately, and that's not easy. Uh, that takes time to to work out how to write scripts, how to present, blah blah blah, all this stuff. But then you also have to you put it out into the ecosphere, and there's only so much you can do uh, to to control um, who watches it and how many people are, are shown it. So honestly, like. 
I, I think it's 50-50 because, again, not even just the algorithm, like just in life, there were so many potential barriers and obstacles and things that if I'd made a slightly different decision at one time, the whole course of my career would be completely different. So I'm going to say, if if anything, 60-40 in terms of luck being slightly bigger, actually. Okay. Interesting. Final question for you, though. What are you scared of? Um, I am scared of... I. You know, I'm terrified of cockroaches. Oh, yeah, that's gross. like... Like it's like actual like have you pho- come across phobia esque. I yeah, I, I've I remember um oh, this was when I was a kid. I was in Australia and um, oh. we were at a zoo and I saw one and it was like behind glass, but I saw a huge one. Um that shit me up. And then I went to Ibiza, um, this was years ago, and it was the last night there. I was sat down for dinner oh, and I just man. saw in the corner of my eye about like six foot away, this huge cockroach. Mm. And I was literally paralyzed. Like it was, I've honestly never experienced How, how big? Like, how big are we talking? Like right? we're talking, I would say probably, I don't know, like I'd say that long. Like, like the, okay. size, the size of your face. Yeah, 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 pretty much. From I mean, I've got a big mouth. face as well. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, nothing, a lot of uh, it's nothing compared to Matty from WTF1. I mean, that face is <laughs> He's a beautiful man. He's, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm terrified of cockroaches. So please, oh, I can't. Okay. No, and you can't never. kill them. They're so hard to kill. They're like this oh, indestructible, blah. horrible creature. It just makes me cringe just thinking about them. Can mm. we move on, please? You wouldn't be good. <laughs> or, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be good in I'm a Celebrity to get me out of it. Oh like God, apps. That would. You know what? Like, if you could just delete cockroaches, You'd I'd be probably fine. be up for like spiders. I don't love, but I don't hate the beaver. Like. Any, any snakes, whatever, cool, fine. But Ooh. yeah, cockroaches, nah. If they were human sized, they'd rule the earth. They'd be, oh, they'd God, be don't even start, please, yeah. though. <laughs> well, listen, Tomo, on, on that note, <laughs> on that note, it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for jumping in last minute. I mean, like I said to you on text, who needs Lucas Degrassi anyway? You know, whatever, Lucas, we've got Tomo F1. So, you know, you can do one, quite frankly. It's been a Tomo pleasure. F1. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us and, and telling us about your life and career and, and your thoughts. It's been fascinating stuff. Um, good luck with the channel. Hope it continues to grow and you get all the success you deserve. Good luck for the wedding, most importantly. Thank um, you. All the best to, Thank you. to this, you. This and, finger and will be uh, a slightly heavier soon. Claimed. And we'll see you for the karting on 4th of August, hopefully. Um, Amazing. And uh, there are teams still available. Uh, motormouthkartrace.com. Go and book your team of four and maybe you can race alongside Tom McCluskey. Tom, for now, thank you so much for joining us on the Motormouth Podcast. Cheers for having me, boys. Pleasure. Thank you very much. If you've been listening to this and thinking, actually, I really want to go and experience a race for myself in person, why not do it in style at a Formula One Grand Prix thanks to F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality and travel program of Formula One. F1 Experiences really is the closest you can get to the sport. Official ticket packages, which include the best race tickets, first class hotels, travel and exclusive behind the scenes access across a Grand Prix weekend. F1 Experiences offer packages like no other. So to 
to book your F1 Experiences package, head online to f1experiences.com and if you enter code MM11F1E, you'll get 5% off too. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too, so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth Podcast.